Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom and the American way. Tom Hartman here with you. Well, a lot of interesting stuff going on right now. Donald Trump visiting Puerto Rico, hopefully putting that story back in the news. I mean, people are dying. This is a disaster. And it's also an extraordinary opportunity to take a Caribbean island nation and turn it into a 21st century energy uh, showcase. Although that would kind of go against what the, the Trump administration is doing right now. They're trying to actually jack up the prices that we have to pay for electricity if it's made with nuclear power or with coal to subsidize the nuclear and coal industries. But that's, you know, kind of a whole other thing. But here we are, the, the Washington Post, excuse me, this is the New York Times today, has an editorial, it's by the editorial board. The headline pretty much says the whole thing, 477 days, 521 mass shootings, zero action from Congress. Going back, uh, you know, basically going back a year. June of last year, 31 mass shootings, July 49 mass shootings, August 42 mass shootings. This is amazing. September 32 mass shootings, October 31 mass shootings, November 36 mass shootings, December 27 mass shootings. This is in the United States, of course. You know, Europe? No. January 31 mass shootings, February 25 mass shootings, March 22 mass shootings, April 39 mass shootings in the United States in the month of April. There's not even 30 days in April. May 23 mass shootings, 35 in June. 36 in July, 33 in August, 27 in September, and here we are in October where two mass shootings, and it's the uh, third. Brilliant. Jim Turr sends me a, a note. He said, um, things more heavily regulated than buying a gun in the United States. Now, it's a little funnier when you read it because it's got the F word in every single sentence, but I'm going to delete that and uh, just say, I'll just say it without it. Having a bake sale is more heavily regulated than buying a a gun in the United States. Uh, Building a shed in your own backyard, pumping gas, getting a vasectomy, owning a car, driving someone else's car, riding in a car, disposing of batteries. 
cutting hair for a living, having a controlled bonfire on your own property, owning a dog, walking a dog, selling a mattress, watching a DVD, holding any sort of public performance, importing foreign cheese, changing your last name to that of your spouses. All of these things more difficult than, than buying a gun in the United States. Right? Buying fireworks, riding a bicycle, having a swimming pool, Xeroxing and distributing copyrighted material, transporting a bottle of opened wine home from a restaurant, using a skateboard, buying unpasteurized milk, having sex and recycling, you know, all more heavily, heavily regulated or whatever, you know, the, the, the word is than, than guns. Um, Roy Zimmerman has a, has a song out. And I think that actually, I think this this is an older song of his. You'll notice yesterday at 2:45, Congress paused for one minute for a moment of silence so that we could send our thoughts and prayers. This is kind of the NRA's official, you know, whenever there's a bunch of people killed with guns, the NRA goes silent, and then you know, if there's anything to be said, it's all, well, our thoughts and prayers are with the family. Uh, here's what uh, Roy Zimmerman has to say about that. Roy is a musician, by the way, if you haven't figured that out. Plays pretty good music. Too. Another day, another crazy loner with a gun. Another mad jihad he's done. What cannot be undone? The congressperson semi-automatically declares to the victims of this tragedy, we send our thoughts and prayers. Yeah, that's all any any Republican is going to send. If guns are regulated, well, we're on a slippery slope to common sense and public safety, reason, peace, and hope. But rest assured, we've got the issue square in our crosshairs. And to the victims of this tragedy, we send our thoughts and prayers. Okay. Uh, that's Roy Zimran. We're going to be talking with uh, both Julio Rivera and Dennis Kucinich as we go through the program here. Um, although Dennis wants to talk about nuclear weapons. That, that should be an interesting one. Over at The Onion, Brian Stelter of CNN tweeted this out. Uh, they have this story that they just publish over and over and over again with always the same headline, uh, quote, no way to prevent this, end quote, says only nation where this regularly happens. And, uh, of course, it was, that was the headline in the Onion uh, yesterday, October 2nd, 2017. It was the headline, no way to prevent this, says only nation where this regularly happens, December 3rd, 2015, October 1st, 2015, June 17th, 2015. <laughs> it just goes on and on and on. The Onion keeps making these pronouncements, keeps pointing this out. Now, there's also, you know, not just the NRA having, having blood on their hands and all that, but there, there's also a difference in the way that our media has been responding to this and in the way, of course, that Donald Trump has been responding to this. And I think they're both worth pointing out. The, uh, the first is Trump's reaction, how Trump's reaction has been different. And it has to do, as far as I can tell, and I'll lay the evidence out and you can make up your own mind, but it has to do, I believe, with the race and religion of the shooter. This guy is a white guy who is presumably Christian or something close to it, you know, culturally, birthwise, whatever. And so 
what Donald Trump tweets out is my warmest condolences and sympathies, you know, <laughs> prayers and thoughts, right? Thoughts and prayers. My warmest condolences and sympathies to the victims and families of the terrible Las Vegas shooting. God bless you. That's what Trump tweeted out in response to a white killer. And what happens when the killer is a Muslim or a brown person? There's a, a fascinating article about, you know, summarizing all this by E.A. Crundon over at thinkprogress.org. In 2015, Trump responded swiftly to attacks in Paris, France, and San Bernardino, California, pointing to the religion, the faith of the perpetrators as the rationale for their violence. This year in August, after a van hit pedestrians in Barcelona, Spain, killed 14 people, the president initially took to Twitter to offer his condolences and support. A short time later, he tweeted again, this time reviving an Islamophobic myth about General John Joseph Pershing. Remember uh, Trump tweeted, you know, hey, you want to know what, how to deal with these people? Go back and look at what Pershing did. He dipped the bullets into pig's blood, you know, and it scared them Muslims. And, and it was, it's all a lie. I mean, you know, Trump is quoting something that never happened. But, you know, what was weird, what they, what they note over at Think Progress is that even before they knew the identity or the motive of the killer, Trump was tweeting this. He, the, he writes, uh, after a series of attacks occurred in Germany and Turkey last December, tr Trump swiftly blamed, quote, Islamic terrorists for the violation or for the violence without any confirmation. In September, after an explosion hit the London Underground, Trump quickly blamed the incident on a, quote, loser terrorist. Uh, plus, you know, taking the opportunity to brag on his travel ban. <clears throat> Another London, another attack in London by a loser terrorist, Trump wrote on Twitter. These are sick and demented people who are in the sights of Scotland Yard. He's not calling this shooter sick and demented, have you noticed? I mean, maybe he will. We'll see. Uh, E.A. Crundon notes also in this piece for Think Progress. Last February, Trump failed to offer comment after six men were killed in a mosque in Quebec City, Canada. In May, the president took several days to respond after a white supremacist targeted, targeting two young women on a train in Portland, Oregon, killed two men who tried to intervene. He similarly has said little about a spike in hate crimes targeting South Asians in the United States, many of whom are read as Muslim, regardless of their faith. And after a Minnesota mosque was bombed in August, Trump also remained silent and said firing off a number of tweets about other topics. So when the shooter is white, the rules apparently, at least for Trump, but I would say for the media as well, and we've had this conversation many times on this program, um, the, the rules are, are, are different, shall we say. Um, the rules seem to be quite different. The rest of the world, meanwhile, is looking at us going, what the hell? I mean, seriously, how can you, how can you people call yourself free when you're scared to go outside? How can you call yourself free when you can't walk into a government building without going through a magnetometer? You got so many guns running around loose in America. How, how can you call yourself free with, with all, these, all these weapons, all these instruments of intimidation and death, you know, facing you all over the place? Why do you still let people buy weapons of war? New Zealand Herald, roll of shame, the worst U.S. shootings, the Independent, the United Kingdom, Las Vegas gun laws, how easy is it to buy in Nevada? Very. Sky News correspondent, this, this is uh, from uh, Dee Parvis's piece over in Think Progress. 
Sky News correspondent Greg Millam quoted witnesses who said the scene was a war zone. And the British broadcaster asked anti-gun violence campaigner Gary Paddock, former member of the NRA, how Paddock could possibly have so many weapons of war. The Indian Express headline, while U.S. President tweeted about his warmest condolences to families of the victims, people asked for a stronger law. The Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, quote, one suspects that if the shooter's name had been Mohammed, it would have been a different tune. And, quote, just know that in Nevada, the next gambler walking into a casino where you're enjoying a drink might be angry or crazy or carrying a machine gun legally. And with regard to Trump's comments on this, they said, quote, the NRA could have written his address. Al Jazeera is covering it as a straight news story, but they also uh, published a piece uh, about, you know, Trump saying, oh, this was an act of pure evil, but not terrorism. Really? Or is it? I mean, you know, we don't know this guy's motive yet. And I suppose for something to be called terrorism, you have to have an element of trying to change people's behavior. But how can we call our society free if we're not safe to go outside without getting shot at? Got a bunch of other stuff in the news, too, we're going to get to. Stick around. Welcome back. Tom Harbin here with you. Tom uh, Bagioni writing at the uh, at the uh, Raw Story website. Internet pounds NRA's silence after Las Vegas massacre. It's amazing. You know, 59 people dead, 500 people wounded. Uh, the NRA has tweeted, well, they haven't posted anything since, since September 29th, apparently. Robert tweets, the NRA spent $30 million to get Trump elected. No, no need to wait and see what side of the gun argument he will be, excuse me, he will side with after this. Will Bunch, where's, that, where's the NRA's despicable Dana Loesch with her insane videos calling for domestic warfare? Boy, Will is uh, not feeling charitable today. Uh, Governor Sandoval tweets a tragic and heinous act of violence. Our prayers are with the victims. Uh, Roe responds saying the NRA feed is quiet today. Uh, Fox News, it just didn't stop, describes, uh, witness described Vegas. Yosef uh, responds to Fox News saying the NRA lost a member perched in that 32-floor room. Well, we don't, I don't, I don't know if he's a member or not. But. Scott says, and why won't the Vegas shooter be considered a terrorist? Because he's white. I don't know why, because we're being held hostage by the NRA? He writes. And yeah, the, this, this, uh, somebody is asking, will the NRA use the Las Vegas shooting as a marketing tool? They don't have to. I mean, the, the stocks of the gun makers went up 6 and 7% yesterday. We reported that on our program. Uh, Bruce Bartlett tweets, the Republicans are desperate. The NRA has not yet told them what to say about the Vegas shooting. Need talking points fast. Right. A cat named Bitches tweets, it takes the NRA a, a while to tweet on mornings like this. They have to clean the blood off their hands so they don't get their keyboard all messy. 
Heather Whaley points out the NRA wa wants to pass a bill allowing the legal purchase of silencers. People ducked and ran in Vegas because of the sound of gunfire. Oh, so let's have silent gunfire now. Yes. No, seriously, Paul, Paul, Paul Ryan was going to pull that thing up for a vote this week in the House of Representatives. Now, whether he still does or not, it'll be interesting. Another, uh, John Hurt tweets, another one of the well-regulated militia and one of the NRA's former good guys with a gun falls out of line in Las Vegas. Right. Worst mass shooting in U.S. history. At least mass shooting of white people. We have to keep pointing that out. We'll be back. Stick around. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Call 202-808-9925. Oh, there's an amazing report about the economy that the Trump administration just took off their website. i got to tell you about this. And what's going on at the U.N. is going to blow your mind. When was the last time you looked forward to sitting at your desk all day? Since getting my new X chair, not only am I enjoying the time spent at my desk much more than ever, but I can't believe how much more productive I'm being. My X chair is unbelievably stylish, and thanks to all the ways that you can personalize it, it literally molds itself to my body. Trust me, this is not your grandfather's office chair. And because I, I don't need to have to keep taking breaks or stretch my back, I'm getting more done in a day than ever before. If you spend a lot of time in your office chair every day, then you need to try the X chair. In fact, here's a terrific deal just for my listeners. The makers of X-Chair want you to feel the X-Chair difference for yourself. So if you go to xchairtom.com right now, that's the letter X, the word chair, Tom with an H, dot com, xchairtom.com. Not only will they knock $100 off the price, they'll even throw in a free footrest if you use the promo code Tom. So just go to xchairtom.com right now. I love my X-Chair and you will too. So check out xchairtom.com, and don't forget that promo code TOM, T-H-O-M, xchairtom.com. That's well, amazing. Donald Trump, he said, um, <laughs> it's what happened in Vegas. Well, I, here's the verbatim quote. What happened in Las Vegas is in many ways a miracle. But now, he was, you know, uh, to give him... To cut him some slack here, he was talking about how quickly the police were able to track this guy down. It took him over an hour, but, you know, I mean, I'm not criticizing them. This this has got to be every cop's nightmare. Um, but, you know, sometimes, sometimes his language is a little jarring, shall we say. The Scottish government has permanently banned fracking. They've had a, a standing you know, a, a kind of on the edge of a ban, ban going for a while. And I mentioned a couple of other news stories. Uh, I want to just cover these real quickly and then pick up your phone calls. The first is from the Washington Post yesterday by Catherine Rampell. And it's titled, The Report Trump Officials Don't Want You to See. And what happened was, prior to, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm quoting from, from Catherine Rempel, the you know this opinion writer in the Washington Post, is prior to 2008, everybody understood. I'm paraphrasing here, but everybody understood that when you when you raise or lower the corporate income tax, what you're doing is you're raising and lowering, or actually the reverse. When you raise or lower the corporate income tax, you're lowering or raising the revenue goes to the owners of the capital, that is the shareholders. They own the company. 
they get the benefit of the profit from the company. So, but, you know, that doesn't sell real well to the American people. The, that, you know, the, because the shareholders, you know, 80% of the stock in the United States is held by, by fewer than 20% of Americans. Uh, shareholders, by and large, are the rich. And so saying, you know, we got to cut this corporate tax, it's going to help the shareholders. That's, that's not, you can't sell something that way. And as I pointed out on, uh, over the weekend, over at Alternet with my article about the, the, this long con that Republicans have been playing ever since Jude Wininsky came up with the two Santa Claus theory, that, hey, if Democrats can be the Santa Claus of, of uh, Social Security and unemployment insurance, Republicans can be the Santa Claus of tax cuts, right? So they had to figure out a way to sell corporate tax cuts as something that would benefit you. Now, the main thing that they've tried is to say, well, if we cut the taxes of corporations, they'll hire new people with that money. But we have the experience of the Bush tax cut, the George W. Bush corporate, there was a substantial corporate tax cut. We have the experience of the Reagan tax cuts. And what we know from these things is that when you give corporations more money by reducing their taxes, or if you even want to use their language, if you let them keep more of their money, that does not translate into better jobs or more jobs or better paid jobs for working people. What it translates into is more money being stashed in offshore checking accounts by, by fat cats at the top and by the shareholders. So they've come up with this new way of saying, hey, um, in 2012, they actually did some research and they said, you know, when, when you raise corporate taxes, 82% of that additional tax is going to be borne by the capital owners, by the shareholders. But 18% of that is going to be borne by labor. In other words, the company's not going to be able to raise wages because they have to pay more money in taxes. So they actually came up with a formula that, that made a certain amount of sense to say, yeah, you know, when you raise companies' taxes, it, it hurts labor as well as, as it hurts shareholders. Now, this doesn't you know, put it in the context of the help to a larger society and you know, the stuff that's necessary to keep the company going and all that kind of stuff. But anyhow. 18% labor. So then Steve Mnuchin, you know, the former uh, Goldman guy, uh, now our Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin goes on Fox News and says, and I quote, most economists believe that over 70% of corporate taxes are paid for by the workers. End quote. No, he just made that up, pulled it out of his backside. At an event in Kentucky, he declared, quote, over 80% of business taxes is borne by the worker, end quote. So when they said that, people started pointing out that the Treasury Department had this study published on their web website back in 2012 that suggested that 18% of corporate taxes, the so-called burden, was borne by the workers. So what did Mnuchin do? They took the study down. <laughs> we don't like what we said. So we're not going to tell you. Incredible. Meanwhile, the United Nations floated a resolution condemning the death penalty for gay people, for LGBT people, trans folks, for the, you know, the whole spectrum, right? There are a number of countries right now, uh, Saudi Arabia is probably the most prominent, 
where if you are caught being or behaving gay in public, you are subject to execution. And in fact, recently the Saudi police tortured two transgendered people to death. And that story is out there. There's a great piece in the Atlantic, actually, about uh, homosexuality in Saudi Arabia as well. <clears throat> but Green, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald pointing this out. It was a resolution that's, quote, condemns the imposition of the death penalty as a sanction for specific forms of conduct such as apostasy, however you say that word, uh, blasphemy, adultery, and consensual same-sex relations. The U.S., there's a, a, before the United Nations, a resolution saying, we, the countries of the world, think that killing gay people for being gay is wrong. The U.S. voted against this resolution. We were one of only 30-some-odd countries to do so. It's bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Remarkable. So, uh, while that's going on, let me tell you about some other stories. That uh, This is the other one that I thought, actually, there's two of them that I, th I really wanted to share with you. You know, I, I pointed out that last week that Rick Perry has asked FERC, the, the federal agency that regulates, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, that regulates energy prices in the United States, to raise the cost of electricity coming out of coal-fired power plants and nuclear plants so as to subsidize the coal-fired power plants and the nuclear plants, right? And... <clears throat> this is, um, you know, I, I read it to you on the air and shared my personal shock and outrage. You know, what, we're, you know, Rick Perry officially wants us to subsidize the, the coal and, and nuclear industries? And, well, yeah, of course. I mean, the guy's been a shill for these, these industries his whole life. What do you expect? But frankly, I was expecting a whole lot more outrage around the world, and I wasn't f catching it. And here, this is uh, from today's uh, Financial Times. It was originally published in Bloomberg, I believe, or the photograph is from Bloomberg. There's a copyright Bloomberg notice on this, but I think that's for the photograph. Uh, this says, it was written yesterday by Ed Crooks in New York. A legal battle over the future of the U.S. electricity system is looming after the Trump administration shocked the industry with proposals for new subsidies for coal-fired and nuclear power plants. If implemented, the plan could mean the most radical shakeup of the market in decades. Now, that's what I'd been saying. I was like, you know, this is incredible. This guy, you know, he wants to, he wants to uh, increase, I mean, we're already subsidizing coal and nuclear hugely, right? There's not a single nuclear plant in the United States that wouldn't even, that would even be running today if it wasn't for the Anderson Act, the Price-Anderson Act, which makes the federal government the, the insurer of last resort, right? The federal government is providing the insurance for nuclear power plants all across the United States. Just that simple. And, uh, if it, and, and it's a huge subsidy because, you know, there was no insurance, literally no insurance company in the world that was willing to, die on their own, you know, 100% responsibility, insure a nuclear power plant in the United States for any amount of money. 
So we're completely subsidizing nuclear and we're subsidizing coal. And, you know, I was just astonished by this. But uh, so now Rick, Rick Perry, the energy secretary on Friday, sent a proposal to the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission calling for payments to power plants and defined these in a way that means only coal and nuclear generators are likely to qualify. Travis Kuvala, Republican vice chairman of the utility regulator for Montana, said Mr. Perry was proposing to use to move U.S. power markets from competition to a to a command and control system. Miles Farmer, a lawyer for the National Resources Defense Council and Environmental Group, described the plan as insane. Paul Bailey of the American Coalition for Clean Coal Electricity. Well, you know how they're going to come out of it. I mean, there's no, literally no such thing as clean coal. So when they're naming their group, clean, the, the American Coalition for Clean Coal Electricity, right, an industry group, welcomed the move. Right. Yes, please subsidize us. They say the plunging cost of renewable, this is from, from the article by Ed Crooks in, in the Financial Times. I'm jumping around in it. The plunging cost of renewable energy has made it increasingly difficult for aging coal and nuclear plants to compete in U.S. electricity markets. In 2008, coal provided 48% of U.S. electricity, but by last year, it was down to just 30%. Now, Perry is saying that we should be throwing money at these coal plants because they're reliable. Well, the next sentence, in 2008, coal provided 48% of U.S. electricity, but by last year, it was down to just 30%. There is no evidence that the reliability of the U.S. grid has deteriorated as a result. And then they talk about uh, Jules Kortenhorst, chief executive of the Rocky Mountain Institute, which works with businesses to promote renewable energy, said Mr. Perry was planning to commit a coup in broad daylight in U.S. electricity markets. And it appears that that's the case. I mean, this, this is pretty amazing stuff. Meanwhile, India's got a completely different plan. By the way, I think that we've fixed our phones, so you can try calling in again if you want to offer your thoughts on any of the topics that we've been talking about today. What do you think would be the best way to regulate guns in the United States? I'm still still excited about my idea that we should should regulate guns the same way we do cars. But uh, if you have an alternative suggestion, give us a shout. And welcome back. Okay, let's see if this thing's working now. Mick in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Mick, what's up? Good morning, Tom. Hey, Mick. Uh, uh, I'm not saying good morning anymore. I'm just saying morning to people. Uh, (laughs) uh, First of all, I I called today. uh, I'm a lifetime member of the NRA. I'm also a retired Navy veteran of 22 years. Okay. Um, I'm I'm completely, completely disgusted and, and, and so saddened uh, from what's happened in Las Vegas. And Tom, very simply, I think that the thing that we need to do, in my opinion, is to demand Congress uh, to start a, uh, uh, an initiative for national registration, national insurance, training, and renewal. Uh, and, you know, I, I, would, I would tell my, my NRA brethren, this would be something that we should get involved in. As, a, as an organization, my family goes back three gener- four generations uh, uh, of being members in the NRA because they were hunters. I'm from New York State, upstate, and there are a lot of deer there. And from from the 1930s, I think my grandfather was hunting deer. 
up in northern New York State in, in the Adirondack Mountains. Hmm. Why can't we do something like this? What's the what's well, this the, is this is what the NRA used to do that way. This is what they used to do, Mick. I mean, you know, I, I was going through a, a, some some drawers the other day and I found found my 2008 NRA membership card. I think that was the last year that I that I sent them anything to, for membership. I, I basically quit after that. And, yeah. um, you know, and I had I had originally joined back when I was writing in novels about private detectives and, and going through the Georgia Police Academy. And, I, you know, and they had some some good uh, uh, firearms educational stuff going on. Oh, yeah. But but I think that if we were to say if, uh, you know, we're going to start treating guns like we treat cars, you know, we're, this is not some big radical thing. We're just going to say from the time it's manufactured until the time it's destroyed, it has a registration number and a human being or a company associated with that registration number. Number one. Right. Number two, if you're going to use this car or this gun, you have to have a license to do so. And in order to get that license, you have to do two simple things. Number one, you have to demonstrate that you understand what it is you're using, uh, you know, that you have that you have, uh, uh, you know, you understand the rules of the road, essentially, you know, like a driver's license test. This red light means stop. And number two, that you have the proficiency to do it. You know, in, a, in getting your car, you have to drive the car around the, the, the driver's, you know, license bureau and prove to them that you can. You can park, you know, parallel park with a with a exactly. gun. Prove that you know how to use the thing without killing yourself or someone else. And number three, that that you have to have liability insurance. It is crazy that if those fifty nine people in Vegas had been killed by a drunk driver on a spree, Geico would be writing million dollar checks to fifty nine people. And right now, you've got instead fifty nine people who are facing substantial hospital bills. I mean, it costs on average a hundred thousand dollars in the United States to treat a gunshot wound. That's that's typically what it costs when you add in ER time and and, uh, you know, transportation and recovery and 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 physical therapy and everything else. Your average gunshot wound in the United States, one hundred thousand dollars. And these people are getting absolutely nothing from anybody. And that's wrong. So what do you you think? The insanity of the of the inaction of, you know, our 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 government representatives, I, I don't even like to call them that anymore. Just in general terms, the inaction here has basically brought us to this point where now uh, the demographics, let's put it that way. Now the demographics are going to be looked at seriously and all when in Sandy Hook, the demographics there were just shunted aside. A lot of nice things like they're saying right now, prayers and thoughts and everything. I'm not going to bring those people back. And there's 500 plus people that are injured. Right. Who knows how many more are not going to be, you know, not going to make it, you know. Yeah, so yeah this, this is serious, serious stuff. Mick, thanks for the call. Um, and thanks for your rational perspective. I appreciate it. Welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. And on the line with me, Julio Rivera, the editorial director of Reactionary Times, columnist with Newsmax, Right Wing News and Politichicks, and ReactionaryTimes.com, the website. You can tweet him at, hey, oh, excuse me, oh yeah, it's Julio. O-H-Y-E-A-H-I-T-S-J-U-L-I-O. Hey, Julio, what's up? How are you today, Tom? I am fine, thank you. Uh, So we have this horrible shooting going on in Vegas, and I'm asking just this really simple question. Um, In the the 19-teens, when cars started going fast enough that they could kill people, and and it was regularly happening, as well as horses, uh, killing horses, 
uh, we decided, you know, we need some common sense regulations of these things because people are dying. And so we came up with this three-part system. Uh, there were pieces around it, things like, you know, red, green, yellow for lights and, you know, stop signs as an octagon and all that. But the three, the, the pre three principal parts were, if you want to be a driver, number one, the car has to be registered from the time it's manufactured until the time it's destroyed so that there's always a chain of custody. We always know whose car it is. Number two, you have to prove that you understand the roads, the rules of the road. You have to pass a written test. You know what that red light means. And you have to prove that you actually know how to drive a car. You have to pass a proficiency exam. And number three, you have to have liability insurance so that if you kill somebody, even by accident, they're not totally screwed. I think it's completely crazy that 59 th people are going to be facing an average of a $100,000 hospital bill each because it's the average cost to get shot in the United States with the ER and everything else. That, you know, 59 people are going to be facing, you know, $5.9 million worth of medical bills. And, you know, if Geico... If 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 the if the killer had killed fifty nine people, you know, with a with a, a car as a crazed drunk driver, Geico would be writing five point nine million dollars worth of checks right now. And instead, these people are are having to deal with this, you know, with absolutely nothing. So, what's wrong with my plan, Julio? Well, listen. First of all, the the left has been really quick, and I guess you're part of that to politicize this event. I I agree. That we What's political about what I'm suggesting? Well, let me let me let me just go ahead and, and, and finish, though, Tom. We should close. Go ahead and close the loophole uh, so that people cannot uh, any longer buy purchase guns, you know, at a gun show without going through some semblance of a background check. We do need that. But, you know, automatic weapons in this country were basically banned, you know, since 1986. Um, you know, so as far as people obeying the law, people that are crazed criminals and are psychopathic and want to kill, you know, in mass, like what we just experienced, they don't care about the law, first of all. So more laws restricting, uh, you know, law abiding gun owners isn't necessarily going to help here. That's the you exact know. opposite of the logic that you guys use when it comes to drugs. You say, you know, well, you know, if, if with guns, no, if you ban guns, well, only criminals well, are going to get well, guns. But with drugs, myself. if you ban gr drugs, you're going to stop people from using drugs. No, what? what you do is you enforce immigration law and you keep a lot of the drugs out of this country that way. That's one way of doing so, it. So the, let's talk about keeping the guns out. If you don't want to talk about uh, you know, licensing gun owners and, and registering guns and insuring gun owners, because um, you're not responding to what I suggested, um, but what you are saying is, you know, hey, you know, how many guns do we have and all this kind of thing. You know, why, why would any country allow weapons of war to be sold to civilians? Well, they don't allow weapons of war. Listen, the Armalite rifle, the AR-15, which people, you know, mistakenly, you know, uh, categorize as an assault rifle. It's not an assault rifle 15. It's an Armalite rifle. It's a sporting rifle. It's not an automatic weapon. You know, it's not designed for mass shootings like what we just saw in Las Vegas. This is completely misguided. It, 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 it absolutely is, Julio. It, it, it was is. developed as a military rifle. This is just the no, civilian no, version of it in as, in as much as it's, it's got it's a little softer like contours and it, and, it, and it doesn't have a full automatic mode. Listen, that, that weapon that was used in Las Vegas was an automatic weapon. How he procured it and the details behind that is going to come out. Oh, no, he was, using a, he was using a bump. He was, he was using a, you know, a, they've got these contraptions that, that you've, you, you drop the gun into, basically. That's what they, they're saying. There's a lot of different things that you can use to modify some yeah. weapons. Some but, are legal. But the question is, why, you know, why are we allowing weapons of war? Listen, I, you know, I shoot guns recreationally, but I don't mm -hmm. need to be shooting an AR-15. 
I can, you know, I can. Why not? I mean, why not? If you want to shoot an AR-15. Because it's bad for society, society because 59 pass, people just died. If you pass a background check and you're mentally stable and you don't have a criminal history of violence, there's nothing really prohibiting you from going ahead and owning a sporting rifle that's a semi-automatic weapon. My point, there's, I don't disagree with that, but but if if this guy, I mean, you know what a duck load is, Julio? A duck load? Yeah. No, I don't know. What okay, well, you know, there, there's basically rules for sporting. And one mm. of the rules when you're hunting ducks, when you're shooting ducks, is you don't get more than either two or three shots. I forget which it is. I've, I've, I've never been a hunter, so but I have friends who are. And and so a duck load is is the way that you load your shotgun. Um, there, you know, so that you, it's not possible to to have you know more than those two or three shots. So that you're not so you're not playing an unfair game, right? You know, you and the duck, uh, or you and the people you're competing against. Um, it, uh, I don't see why somebody needs something with a 50, 50 shot magazine in you know order why? to in order to hunt ducks, or for that matter, to shoot skeet. If you look at the the spirit of the Second Amendment and what the way why it was incorporated into the Bill of Rights and into the Constitution, it was to defend the the private citizen, possibly against a tyrannical government. So Julio, that's complete BS. A government with uh, you know Julio, a nine. Stay, a nine stop for a second, respectfully. Magazine. I I you know. I will, uh, you know, uh, uh, bow down to you and apologize to you on national television if I'm wrong about this. But I have read the, you know, Madison's notes on the Constitution. I have read the Federalist Papers. I've written books about them. I've read the, the, the debates, particularly Patrick Henry's huge debate during the Virginia Ratifying Convention about the Second Amendment, specifically about the Second Amendment. I just, I, I, I've written several okay, articles okay. about let this. Me, let me say Nazi and Germany. I, nowhere. Nazi Germany. Nowhere. What happened in Nazi Germany after no. they took away the, the Hitler privacy? Hitler encouraged people to, to own guns. What happened? Hitler what encouraged happened? people to own guns. And those people showed up at beer halls and intimidated people. That's what happened. Hitler yeah. loosened the gun laws that were the old Weimar Republic of gun no. laws. He forbade Jews owning guns, but, every, but that was it. But this is not about Hitler. And this that's is, the this is why six million of them were killed as a result of the Holocaust. This, you know, this, this is not. There is, is none of our founders ever I, I understand in their wildest dreams. And I'm telling you, Julio, if you had, if you tried to take on the U.S. government with their with Black Hawk helicopters and and special forces and SWAT teams, I don't care how many guns you've got, they're gonna eat your lunch. They're gonna, they're just gonna bust your ass. Listen, ultimately, at the end of the day. Any citizen who's sane, and, and, and I, I believe I'm all for the registration of guns. Your, your whole little diatribe there at the beginning when you were discussing and the parallels between, you know, a vehicle, a motor vehicle and a gun, it makes perfect sense. I, I agree with you, Tom. We're on the same page with that. You should have to register a gun and we should track its chain of custody from when it's created all the way until when it's, you know, uh, decommissioned or if, you know, what, what have you. Um, but anybody who is, is, you know, sane mind can pass a background check, goes through gun safety courses and whatnot, should be able to go ahead and, and own who a firearm. Who needs though more than more than seven or nine bullets? Um, I, why why put a limit on it? Why? Because 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 system, the more bullets you have, have, the more destruction you can cause. There was there you know there was a guy in uh, I think it was in China in Hong Kong a couple of days ago who tried to go on a mass killing spree with a knife. He wounded mm. one guy and killed another. I mean, that's as far as it got. Issue. Listen, Tom, if you have people that come into your home, let's say you have a problem with somebody, 
a gang or something. Let's say it's your, you live somewhere on the border and you're trying to take on the corruption with the drug gangs that are being allowed into this country, you know, because of the, the obvious, quite frankly, well, let's, let's you know, say the I inability to, to somebody from the planet Zenu and they and can enforce immigration laws. If you have a, a gang coming into your house and it's multiple people with, with firearms, you're going to need a whole hell of a lot than nine bullets. I guarantee you, if you try to take a gang, take, take on a gang coming into your house, you're going to lose. Not necessarily. And, and if not, you try to do it with a gun, how you're crazy. Part, how, many, how many rounds you have in your magazine. Yeah. Okay, it so, so it sounds to me like we're agreeing that we can treat guns like cars. And that's a pretty that's a pretty big deal. You realize the NRA is opposed. I understand to all that. that. Yeah, I, but listen, we're, what, not, but no, what we're disagreeing on is on is high capacity I, I, magazines. Basically, that's that I seems to be where we're just magazines are not necessarily a problem as long as all those checks and balances are put into place. And we know exactly. But this guy bought these guns, guns legally and he was not on anybody's money. list. What was that? This guy, as far as we can tell, the early reports are that these guys bought this guy bought at least some of these guns totally legally. He passed the background checks. He's got of no course, history. Well, there, there's some issues, I think, with loopholes as far as, you know, with selling guns. This wasn't guns. loopholes. This just, you know, this guy had no background that that was a flag. Well, we don't know that for we don't know that completely. No, yet. obviously, um, I'm, we have I'm to not. Let the dust settle and find out exactly all the but, facts. But, but see, we go ahead and pass let's let's that. just say that every now and then somebody with no nothing in their history to to warn us uh, is going to go nuts and kill as many people as well, they possibly you know, can. They could do that. They Why could do that should we people? give them guns that, that allow them to kill fifty nine people rather than five people? Listen, they could do that with a pressure cooker. They could do that in a lot of different ways. Obviously, you know, you might have some things that slip through the cracks, but I don't think that you punish, you know, in this country, I believe we have something around like close to 100 million legal gun owners that are law abiding. Why should they be punished? No, there's no nothing close to 100 million. There's 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 over 100 million guns, but there's no. I think no. I believe no. There's about 300 million guns in this country that are legally owned and registered. Yeah, you're right. It's about the population of the U.S. In, yes, in, exactly. in, in any case, it's uh, it, it just it just seems to me crazy that we that we uh, as I said, that you asked the question, you know, why would why would I want why would I want to ban high capacity magazines? Because the only thing that high capacity magazines do is increase the ability of somebody to kill a lot of people really fast before they can get stopped. Well, again, if we have a, the, if the proper system is in place. And, you know, it, it's being executed faithfully. Wait a you know, minute. You when when were you a fan of government happen. systems? What was that? Are you saying that the, if the government systems are appropriate, everything's good? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, you're always going to have people that slip through the cracks. Listen, why you could he could have killed. He could have rented a, a giant truck and drove it right through where they were having that concert. He, he could have he could have had a, a, a shoulder fired surface to air missile, you know, and he could have easily killed more than 59 people. Oh, wait a minute. You can't own or buy or sell a surface to air missile in the United States. Can I don't you? understand. Maybe that. that's that why he didn't have one. There. Why would you even why would you even present that into the argument? Because it is a weapon of war designed to kill people, just like these high capacity clips and these well, and these listen, the gun that assault he had, weapons. Still don't know hundred percent sure what, what what weapons he had. He supposedly had bags of weapons. He had multiple weapons. Yeah. So we don't know exactly what he used, how he procured it, or what the situation was. But okay. Pulling he, uh, yeah, we got to wrap it up. Hey, Tom Hartman here. I love shaving with Harry's because I get a smooth, close shave just the way a shave should be. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of their customers. 
So Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were fed up with getting ripped off, started Harry's to fix shaving. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. By taking less profit and selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's offers their blades at half the price. Just $2 a blade compared to the $4 or more you'll pay at the drugstore. Harry's razors include everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. The weighted ergonomic handle, five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades, they want you to try their shave set for free. You heard that right. Just cover shipping when you sign up. Plus, as a special offer to the fans of this program, go to harrys.com right now and enter the code TOM at checkout to get a post-shave balm also free. That's harrys.com, code TOM, T-H-O-M. Welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. This uh, piece in The Guardian here. John Hopkins, uh, Johns Hopkins Study of Gun Violence Surveys Emergency room admissions, if lost wages are added, really startling costs rise to $45 billion a year. But just the cost of treating people in hospitals for gunshot wounds in the United States is $2.8 billion a year. $2.8 billion. The average cost for, yeah, there are 100,000 people who are affected. The estimates of uh, firearm injuries cost $700 million in hospitalizations. Yeah, here we go. The average, the average charge, if you stay overnight in the hospital and you have to go through the ER, is $95,000. About a third of inpatient gunshot victims were discharged to another medical facility. That's another $179,000 cost. And, uh, yeah, it's just amazing how many, how many people who are shot nearly half 49 and a half percent of patients who arrived at the emergency department after being shot were victims of assault accounting for 348,000 patients wow wow this is nuts jackie in wellington colorado hey jackie what's on your mind hi tom thanks for taking my call today it's an honor to speak with you thank you back at you thanks I have called all of my senators today, my representatives, representatives in districts near me. I'm in northern Colorado, so we're really, you know, well aware of mass shootings. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what else can be done. I took my nine-year-old twins to the movies Friday night. And every time the door creaked open during the movie, every adult's head in the theater jumps looking, who is it? Is it James Holmes? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I barely take my kids in Colorado to the movies anymore. And I know lots of my friends do the same thing because you're scared. Yeah. I mean, have you looked into from Aurora. Jackie, have and you I, forgive my interrupting you, but I just got a 30 second cue here. Um, have you looked into Gabby Gifford's charity? I, I, I don't know that much about it, but but I, there are you know, she's got this thing that she started to help gun have gun safety laws. Do you know about that? No, I don't. I know she's an advocate. I'll absolutely look into it. I'm donated and try to be involved with Moms Demand Action. Yeah. But the time for the NRA has passed. I agree. I I mean, they're a terrorist organization. Whatever they were before, that's what they've evolved into. Well, they, they certainly, their policies are certainly terrorizing America. 
Jackie, thank you for the call. Um, and, you know, let me know when you when you do check around and look around at various charities and whatnot. Let me know what you, what you come up with, Jackie. Welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. And on the line with us, former Congressman Dennis Kucinich, uh, two-time presidential candidate. Kucinich.com is the website. You can tweet him at Dennis underscore Kucinich. And uh, Congressman, welcome back to the program. It's been a while since we've talked. Tom, it has been. And I have to tell you, I, I'm always grateful to be on with you. I, I appreciate the contributions that you have made you know, intellectually. Uh, to a body of knowledge that helps shape our politics, our environment. And I, I just, I'm telling you how pleased I am to be with you. Well, thank you. Back at you. I, we, we, I've been a big, big fan for years and years. So uh, you are speaking out now about nuclear weapons. Tell us about this. Well, I had the uh, privilege of addressing the United Nations General Assembly high-level meeting a week ago in New York. Uh, on uh, nuclear abolition, uh, nuclear disarmament, and nuclear abolition. And, uh, you know, we are at a crisis moment in human history where uh, rhetoric is, uh, is precipitating saber-rattling uh, with nuclear weapons, which could cause us to stumble into a nuclear catastrophe. So I joined... Uh, uh, representatives, uh, well, one other first, uh, a young woman from Kazakhstan uh, with uh, representatives of over 40 nations who a week ago uh, talked about the urgency of nuclear disarmament and abolishing all nuclear weapons. And, you know, with the events uh, in North Korea and the escalating rhetoric, uh, we really need to face this matter squarely and understand the implications if uh, if we uh, journey into the uh, into the the dark night of of uh, of, of nuclear uh, of the implementation of nuclear weapon use, it has seemed to me over the years that the last time we had a Republican, a high profile Republican who was in favor of nuclear disarmament, it was Ronald Reagan, um, and and you know some of that might have come out of good intentions, some of it just out of his kind of fantasy land of the last few years of his presidency. Um, as, as he was uh, slipping, shall we say. But um, is this a partisan issue? Uh, and, and if so, what do we do about that? And if not, what do we do about that? Well, it's not a partisan issue at all. As a matter of fact, it's not an issue at all, which is part of the problem. I mean, President Obama okayed a trillion-dollar refurbishment of, of the uh, nuclear weapon infrastructure. Uh, you know, this is a problem that we have in our culture. The reliance on nuclear weapons, what President Reagan tried to do, is to suggest that we could come up with a, um, uh, w- with a defensive device that would shield the country from nuclear weapons. Uh, that proved to be a fantasy. This idea of so-called brilliant pebbles, a strategic defense initiative, uh, never worked to begin with. Uh, you know, if, if, a, if you get into a conflict with a country that has uh, uh, many weapons, it's it's, uh, uh, it's fallacious to think that one won't get through. The idea that uh, a nuclear war is winnable has uh, been, uh, the lie was put to that uh, uh, years ago uh, by, I think it was Orville Show who wrote a book called, uh, who wrote a book about that, The Fate of the Earth, uh, was another book. I, I, you know, we really need to uh, come to our senses about the catas- 
cataclysmic potential of a nuclear weapon. All we do is have to look at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. But the weapons today are many times that. And uh, the fact that human beings are fallible, uh, you, we have a president who, uh, who rattles a nuclear saber. He, he, at, the, at the U.N., he talked about uh, destroying uh, North Korea. Uh, that kind of rhetoric is, uh, is precipitous. It, is, uh, it escalates. Uh, we need to take a different approach in our diplomacy that can't be weapon-based. We need to perfect the science of human relationship, not perfect the science of nuclear weapons in order to resolve uh, yeah. the difficulties that nations have between <laughs> each other. I, I, I absolutely get it that um, tweaking the nose of a, of a uh, thin-skinned, tin-pot dictator uh, you know, uh, wannabe king of the world uh, who has nuclear weapons is a stupid idea. But Kim Jong-un keeps doing that. He keeps tweaking Donald Trump's nose. Um, well, is there any... You know, I, yeah, I, I got that. You know, but, but let's look at some underlying reality which the American people are generally unaware of. And that is that the United States, uh, together with South Korea, has been conducting war games on the uh, on the border, in the, you know, the, on the edge of the DMZ zone, uh, with live fire from rockets and tanks and uh, seventy-eight thousand troops on the border, uh, uh, as if we're going to invade the North. And the North's uh, missile testing has to be, which can't be justified, but it must be seen in the context of a uh, of a of an invasion that is being. Um, uh, feigned or practiced uh, by the United States and South Korea. We, we have to, if you, you don't do that, if you don't want to stumble into and precipitate a, a, a wider war. And that's why, you know, I, I, I think that the U.S. needs to get out of South Korea. Uh, we need to stop pretending that North Korea is a bargaining chip and our relationship with China, uh, because this is really about China and Russia even more than it's about North Korea, There's, if we have these pretensions that somehow uh, we are going to dominate that region, that level of megalomania needs some serious mental health counseling. Yeah. And, and, and so we, we need, you know, this is a time for diplomacy. This is a time for us to engage Russia and China and North Korea in, a, uh, in an agreement that we stop, uh, the, stop the rhetoric, stop pretending we're going to invade, stop pretending that we can uh, have a sphere of influence in somebody's uh, uh, backyard or their front yard. Look at a map. I would ask anybody listening to this program, look at a map where North Korea is. Look to the north and the west. There is China. Look to the north and the east. There is Russia. What are we doing? Right. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely agree. So is there, uh, we're talking with Dennis Kucinich, former Congressman Dennis Kucinich. Kucinich.com is his website. You can tweet him at Dennis underscore Kucinich. Congressman, what, is there an agency, a website, a group, an advocacy group? Is there, you know, for somebody who's listening to this conversation and saying, you know, I'd like to do something, whether, whether it's showing up for a meeting or sending 25 bucks or just spreading the good word, uh, where would you point people? Well, there's a number of advocacy groups who are 
uh, who, who are trying to um, uh, get rid of nuclear weapons. I spoke at the U.N. on behalf of uh, a, a broad coalition uh, of international groups who rally under the name of the BASEL, B-A-S-E-L, uh, uh, peace group. Uh, but you have Abolition 2000. Uh, there, there are uh, the parliamentarians for nuclear uh, uh, disarmament. There's a number of groups. And if anyone wants to contact me directly, they can go to com and send me a message, and I'll put them in touch with the leaders of these of various organizations. But more than anything, Tom, we need to uh, we need to demand that our leaders in Congress uh, take down this nuclear weapons uh, infrastructure. Uh, this does not provide deterrence. It invites the use of nuclear weapons. And we only have to look uh, to Hiroshima and Nagasaki to know the effect. Okay, I was very moved when I heard that uh, a, a leading Japanese official speak to the United Nations. Japan knows the price of uh, the misuse of nuclear weapons, and, and we, need to, uh, we need to take a lesson from that and stop dancing in the graveyard of, of history here, pretending that uh, just because we have nuclear weapons uh, that we're going to be safe. The only, thing, the only way we'll ever be safe is to, is to lead the effort in getting rid of all nuclear weapons. Brilliantly said. my speech, by the way, Tom, on the United Nations, it can be, uh, people can get it on the U.N. website, uh, and they can also uh, go to the web. I think it's been reprinted in a couple different places. Yeah. Okay. Congressman Kucinich, thank you so much for being with us today. Tom, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to this your This is the Tom Hartman Program. Thank you, Congressman Dennis Kucinich. It's always great having you with us. Uh, you can tweet him, Dennis underscore Kucinich and Kucinich.com. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have the latest news and information from Wall Street and Main Street, all points in between, plus best of the rest of the news. And don't forget, democracy begins with you. Get out there, show up, participate, tag, you're it. We'll see you tomorrow. been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.